I have to say, like, okay. I know our, our viewers don't give a shit about this. But, There's a few that but, might. But Doug, Douglas, who, right. like, I have great conversations with off our, our podcast about watches. I really got to hand it to Tudor. They made some great watches. The last one is Meta Certified. Only Omega does that. It's like the upper accuracy level. It's the first oh, it one. Sounded like Metamucil. It's like the so. first one in the Rolex family. And Tudor is like, everybody said it's like, it, it you know it's owned by the whole company Rolex. We get very like the, excited about this stuff, people. It's like the the poor brother. Yeah. No, they make great quality yeah, watches, they and they're really interesting designs, and they're vintage. Right. They're like designed vintage. Right. Like back to what what the Submariner really was, and they're meta certified, which means it's to the highest point of accuracy. I just love them. I know, but you know what's scary? You and I are probably the only two people in the world who know what we're talking about right now. No, there's if more. You want, well, go on YouTube. There's like tons of people who know. I, oh, just, good. That's a relief. I, you know, when I'm when I'm like stressed at night, you stare at your watch. No, no. When I'm stressed at night, and my beautiful wife wants to relax me. She talks to me calmly, addresses the issues, and then what I do is I go on my phone. And I do one of two things: <laughs> I research I don't watches. I research watches, Watch which porn. I love. Yes, and I build a car, which I can't afford. I just right. do it for fun. Okay. What are we talking about in this podcast? Well, the, the, we got to do the clinky thing first. Oh, we it's so passe. Why? We're no longer, what? What's next? Apple juice boxes? God no. Mm -mm. No, thank you, Johnny. Okay, moving on. So this is going to be an interesting episode. This episode is well. If, if we were titled, we it, the title would be "Hey Crown, you can't do that." You're going to beep that, right? Yeah. Good. So no, no, he doesn't beep it. He doesn't. It's beep when we're it? over. We get a certain number of f**ks. Right. Oh, we're or allowed. Or everything else per episode. What's our quotient? What's the f**king quotient? We get allowances. I think you're. Done. Are we beyond our quotient? Well, we'll see. So, as I said, this this podcast is going to be about stuff the crown shouldn't do, can't do, but sometimes still does. Right. And we're going to lead off with it's a famous case. It's an old case, but it's a famous case. This is a a case involving a crown named Steve Allen. I think he was an old Finch court crown, a short little curmudgeon, the nastiest. Sorry, I hope his family members aren't. We watching. are so. F Can you like not? do that why not it's true i had dealings with him i was okay. a young lawyer and he would like look at me growl chew me up spit me out and say oh, i'll see you in court now in any event we are going to read through <laughs> well it's true i'm <laughs> i haven't seen you this this well, aggressive he, in a while because he really <laughs> pissed me off as oh, a yeah, young good. lawyer okay? Okay, good. and now we're going to reverse mock him well no we're not going to mock him we're going to read a case Involving the legendary Steve Because Allen. this fits into what we want to talk about here. Totally. About what you cannot do. Right. Okay. Now, you're going to pretend to be... We're going to do like a... It's play mode, so this is going to be like a skit. Can I be Steve? You you get to be Steve. Okay. I'm going to be the dumbass accused. I love this. Okay. But a bit, with a bit of an edge. I like this accused. And Marcy's going to be the judge. Say hi, Marcy. Say hi, Marcy. Hi, Marcy. And this is all because uh, I love our viewers. God bless you. We got um, some messages about explaining character evidence and miscible evidence and stuff. So we're going to try and do this, but we're going to do a mockumentary here of some kind. <laughs> Once we're done with it, it'll be a mockumentary. God rest his soul if he's not alive. In any event, let's. We're, <laughs> we're going to 
Pretend we're in the courtroom now with the famous and infamous Steve Allen. You're the crown today. So I'm the accused. I'm up on the stand. I'm ready to be ready to be cross-examined by you, Mr. Allen. All right. Tell me. If you believe in the teachings of the Bible, does it teach you as you lied about Peter blah, 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 selling guns? That's what you told the police. Doesn't it teach you to do that? I don't know. I'm not aware of the findings of the Bible. I'm not a vivid reader. Oh, for God's sakes! Do you know the Ten Commandments? Not offhand, no. Seriously? You don't know the Ten Commandments? I beg your pardon? I don't see why my relation has nothing to do with this, whether or not I know the Ten Commandments. As far as you're concerned, you're... Just a moment, Mr. Allen. I have very serious doubts about how far you should get into the question of whether this gentleman knows the Ten Commandments or whether he doesn't know the Ten Commandments. Dramatic pause. My wife, I'm so proud of you. That was a good read. Okay, go ahead. You're a good judge. You're on book. That's great. Great. So you are now, Mr. Allen, continuing under the court. Mr. Allen. All right. Your Honor, but in my humble submission to the court... He has said that he feels bound in his oath by the Bible, and he has explained what he means by that. All right, thank you. I don't think he did that in real life, but whatever. That wasn't happening in court? No, he didn't. No, no. I love our podcast. So do I. It's so much fun. All right, thank you. Now... I take it then you are bound it by it. Sorry. I take it now that you're bound by it because the Bible tells you once you give your oath to God, you promise to God you wouldn't lie. Is that right? Yes. It teaches you other things too, doesn't it? The Bible. I don't know. You don't know anything more than that? I'm not a vivid reader, as I stated before. Doesn't your moral teachings in the Bible tell you to not falsely accuse another person of a crime as you did, Peter? Blah, 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 blah. Maybe it does. I don't know. You don't know about that? No, I don't. Do you care? I care about my moral standards. Yes, that's about it. This is insane. This isn't. This happened. This is an exact reference to biblical knowledge in a cross-examination by the Crown. That was totally irrelevant to the case. So this is real. This is real. This, this, this happened. It's... It's a long time ago. It's a long time ago in a far-off galaxy, but it did happen. But uh, as, as the court said in this case, it could have no other effect but to hold the accused up to ridicule in front of in the eyes of the jury. This was a jury trial. Take this slow. Explain this. Because this is a really good thing. This is like, this is really good. Marcy did a great job. This is Thank really you, good. Honor. This is really, really good. It is. About what you can't and shouldn't do. And what what used to go on. Right, right. I love this. Okay, go. Tell. Talk. Okay, so jury trials are like... Sacrosanct. There's no doubt... Today, sacrosanct. Now, you got to be so careful. Okay? You, <laughs> you have to sneeze into your sleeve, stuff like you that. Gotta, you like, just... you got to be so careful. Yeah. you got to be just so careful about everything you say. It's got to be well-drafted, yeah. well-calculated. Don't get into myths. Don't get into, like, hyperbole. Just be careful, okay? Back then, it was like the Wild West. This was okay? the Wild West. And and you still get that in the United States. Right. And, and you know, I got to say, it was more fun, okay? It was. Because it was a bit wild. 
It was totally right. wild. Can you imagine this short little crown and his gown talking about the Bible? You you believe in the Bible, don't you? Of course I do not. Yeah, like, what the hell? F*** you. I believe in, like, something else. Right. But this just goes to show where we are now. And I think this is an important point because we're going to talk about things you can do, things you can't do, talk about character evidence, bad character evidence, because people want to know more about this. But you, you picked a great illustration. This is totally bad. But the badness has become a bit more subtle. Explain that. Well, if we fast forward a few decades to our current courtroom. God damn it. The last two episodes, we demonstrated how old we are. Well, it's just a rumor. So I'm going to take us to the Wojcik case from the Court of Appeal in Manitoba. And it's the same old thing again. What Putting date? To, what date? It's, not, it's kind of old. It's 2002. That's not that old. It's not that old. For us, that's not old. For, yeah, for us, yeah, that's not that old. My son Ben was two at that point. Really? So, again, in this case, the accused was repeatedly invited to comment on the veracity of the Crown's witness. Well, if your evidence is to believe, then are you saying both complainants were lying? So she's lying when she said that? I know. Go. Explain. No, you explain it. This is your show, motherfucker. It is. I you go ahead. Well, you can't put to an accused whether someone else would lie or why someone would make something up. And why is that? You explain because it puts I'm just the, sitting here drinking alcohol. Well, I can see I want to enjoy. Because it puts the accused unfairly on the spot. It reverses the onus. It right. They're him, not, they, they don't have to explain why no. somebody might be lying. Exactly. But read that again slowly okay. so everybody gets this. Because people ask us about this. Right. And it's an excellent point. Yeah. And you know what? It still occurs in 2023. Well, yeah, it is. I'll read it again. So this is the Court of Appeal for Manitoba. There can be no doubt that the cross-examination of the accused was highly improper. While mercifully short, I love that. <laughs> Thanks, Court of Appeal. Well, no, I love when they say yeah, I know. Like that. The cross-examination is replete with interruptions. Repeatedly, the accused was invited to comment on the veracity of the Crown's witnesses. So if your evidence, or if his evidence was to believed, then both complainants were lying. So she's lying when she did that, said that, right? So let's flesh this out because this is what our, our some of our viewers want to know. Right. What's wrong with that? Well, it, it shifts the, it puts them on the spot to use plain English. Right. So if an accused is testifying and giving their version of events, then the crown cross examines. Right. They are not allowed to cross examine why the complainant may be lying, why they may have a certain version of right. facts. You cannot say why would they be lying. Right. Because it reverses the onus. It reverses the onus. But it gets better. It gets better with this crown. Slow. Slow. This is really good. On several occasions, errors of fact crept into the question posed by the crown. Most importantly, on three separate occasions, the accused was asked directly whether he had provided the police who attended the scene of the incident with an explanation for what had occurred or provided them with any other pertinent information. Are you going to put your hand up and say... Or just... No, I just want a dramatic pose. Oh, it was pretty dramatic. Talk about that. Well, again, unbelievable. Uh, right to silence. Oh, um, explain this slowly. Look at the f camera oh, yeah. and explain, okay? Shine, baby. Shine, shine, shine baby, shine. Well, because this again, 
still happens. This is that's the scary. This is still happening. It's putting the onus on the accused to explain to the police what you know, provide an explanation of what happened or give them help them with their investigation. And they have no they have no obligation to do none, that. None. None. And we we are advanced. None. We're more advanced now in the law. Right. So we don't. It's generally accepted and general knowledge that an accused doesn't have to do that. Right. We have and, a right to remain silent. Right. And, and that's, and that's what not the court, a negative finding. And that's what the court said. While the overall conduct of the accused cross-examination is a cause for substantial concern, it is the undermining of the accused's right to remain silent that is critical to the resolution of the appeal. As you said. This was a great example. This was a great example. And so it still uh, occurs, though. Well, that yeah, that's the mind-boggling thing. You, they are still asked, why would she make this up? Why would she lie? Why would this... Or that? That is the point that we wanted to get to in this episode. Right. So we still face, it's, it's not a joke, in sexual assault cases in particular. Why would the complainant make this up? Right. And that's premised on the basis of, we did this in a prior episode mm -hmm. about motive to fabricate. Right. Or absence of motive to fabricate. Right. But it's an impermissible question that still lurks in the minds of juries yeah. and jurists and it's a problem because we can't think that way but they do the average person does think that way and, and some average lawyers do That's some average lawyers and some think, average lawyers don't object to some the question. average lawyers also who practice other areas of law who might comment on x or twitter whatever you call it no names might say sorry i need a drink when i say this that, you know nobody law no, no female complainant lies right that's I've heard that. I've heard that on and Twitter the reality, somewhere. And the reality is, it's true. They lie. Mm -hmm. And when we put an emphasis on trying to discern the intricacies of the lie, it's ridiculous. Right. Because a lie is a lie. Right. If you try and explain it away, what I'm trying to get at is there. There's trying to be an explanation that did lie, but it's still consistent with the allegation. Right. Help me with this. Because that's a fallacy. Right. A lie is a lie. Right. It's plain and simple. But they want to say that that's a myth. Right. To shut this down. Let's talk about character. Yeah. Because that was a good point raised. You got some case law here. I do. Yeah, so it's over there. The big pile. I don't know what's in there. Well, let's summarize where we're at. So the first example of you can't effing go there, Crown. I think yep. we've run out of our Fs. Yeah, I will. So being sarcastic with a witness, being obnoxious with a witness, eh, that's not allowed. So that was the Steve Allen case. Well, you shouldn't be. And I, I think we should all be civil in our cross-examinations There's a difference between aggressive and obnoxious. You don't demean a witness. I don't even like the word aggressive. I, I believe in assertive, assertive and intelligent about your cross-examination. Yeah. That's where we should be. That's where we should be. But not obnoxious. You don't... No, you know, absolutely don't, not. We don't ridicule our witnesses no, ever. we do not. We treat them with the utmost respect. That's right. As much as we may not necessarily like them, but that's separate. It's not... We don't agree with them. Right, period. Okay, so that was case one. Case two, we just did. Again, the infamous, why would the complainant lie, and why didn't the accused say anything to the police? So the next case, it's a case called, let's go to my 
magic pile. You did here. some good research for this. Well, it's a very interesting topic. The next case is the case of white, wherever I've put that. I've got it here somewhere in my. Should get Roy's uh, accordion files that he keeps talking about in his episode. Next case is White from the Court of Appeal, where the Crown slowly Crown attempted to suggest to the accused that he got some strategic benefit in getting and reviewing disclosure before giving his evidence. Oh, you're all right. Okay, the stop signs up. Go. What do you think about that? Absolutely wrong. Well, yeah, we know that, but why is it wrong? Because we have a right to disclosure. Right. We have a right to review disclosure. Right. That's the accused right. Right. And let's make it better than that. It's the person who is accused of an offense. Right. Because they're a human being. I don't like calling them an accused. No, exactly. It's a human being. Right. They have a light right to review what they are accused of. Right, exactly. exactly. And that yeah. has no bearing on their evidence. It's not admissible. Right. It's not a criticism of their evidence that is a palpable error in law but the terrifying thing is that they, they tried to do this we're, we're in this is from 1999 dude we've got this in 2021 where some judges have said or 2022 that because the accused heard the evidence of the complaint when they testified they tailored their evidence I well mean, i was this just type of error continues that's yeah uh, let me read what but we need to explain this because we're trying to this is more of a law-based podcast right. episode and and we got to just explain it a little bit better because some people have been really reaching out to learn this yeah. so well, let's... yeah so let me read what the court of appeal says so the court of appeal slowly. says slowly i don't know i don't know if they said it slowly you can say it slowly. i can say it slowly in cross-examining the accused crown counsel improperly referred to the fact that the accused had received disclosure of the crown case and that he had previously, not previously, been cross-examined. So, again, this guy got his disclosure and he hadn't yet been cross-examined. Boo-hoo, that's not fair. That line of... <laughs> you like... No, they didn't say boo-hoo. Or... Yeah, but... The inference that a person who gets full advance notice of the other side evidence and testifies last is in a position to tailor his or her evidence cannot be drawn without fundamental constitutional rights into a trap for the accused. Let's take some time on this. Because this is not a joke. No, it's it not. It keeps reoccurring. It does. You have a recent case? No, not me. Because right. we're, we're very careful. To you know object. why this doesn't happen to us? Because we object right. and we write written submissions. Right. Okay? But to other cases that occur, we right. see this in Court of Appeal decisions. Right. So I want you to talk a little bit about how this occurs and why it's wrong. What do you mean? It's wrong. I know, but they don't know that. Well, they just have to take our word for it. No, explain <laughs> it. Why is it wrong? Because again, it's this whole burden shifting to the accused. It's making the accused, and it puts him in a vault. First of all, the accused is entitled to know the case against him. Right. One. Number one. They're entitled to receive any disclosure in the case against him right. or her. And the fact that they attend the trial is not their fault. Right. So when they testify and refute the allegations of the complainant or other witnesses, they should not be discounted because they have disclosure right. and they thought about the evidence. Right. Well, how are they supposed to think about it if they don't have it? But that's our basis of law. Right. And frankly, 
this is where we differ a little bit from the United States. Tell us. Well, in some jurisdictions in the U.S., their right of what they call discovery, we call it disclosure, right. is much more limited, right? They get it not necessarily up front. Right. Sometimes they get it 30 days, 60 days, or 90 right, days right, before right. trial. We get it far in advance. That's why I say our system in Canada is far better, right. much, much better. Right. But this, irrespective of when you get it, right. is wrong. It's wrong. Again, it puts the accused on the spot, and uh, it's not the kind of spot they should be put in. It's an error. Yes. It leads to an injustice and a wrongful yes. conviction. And it's a reversible error. All right. Okay. Next topic. Next topic. So, everyone keeping track of our... You can't do that, I think. They are. Yeah. Okay. Next case. R versus AJR. Give the citation. I'm gonna. Well, I'll give it to Max later. All right. This fine. is this is again. This is this is a la Steve Allen, but a modern day version of. Well, not that modern, but. So in this case, R versus AJR, it's a court of appeal decision. The Crown decided to cross-examine the accused sarcastically. And making comments and providing personal opinions, attacking the accused lifestyle. And you get ready to put your, you know, your fingers on your neck thing. Trying to get into solicitor-client discussions. Can okay, go we're going to pause. No, we might have to pause. This there. is good stuff. Like, this episode, epi we're going to interject episodes like this about law. Okay? Because that's what like we it. do. You may hate it, but, like, this is what we do. This but some we of do. this is, like, right. real. Okay, go okay. ahead. So let me read what the Court of Appeal, how the Court of Appeal sets this up. So far, my pulse is good. Okay, well, it's going to get worse. You got your blood pressure meds? You don't, do you? No. Oh, I didn't think so. You should have brought them. Okay. I have scotch. That's true. That's the equivalent. From the outset of her cross-examination of the accused, Crown Counsel adopted a sarcastic tone and repeatedly inserted editorial commentary into her questions. So little snide comments. Her approach was calculated to demean and humiliate the accused. Court says, no counsel can abuse any witness. This interdiction... Oh, that's a fancy word. I haven't what heard that one. What case is this? I don't, I'll give it to you. Well, no, no, give it out now, because okay. this is important. Okay, so this is R versus AJR. It's a 1994 judgment of the Court of Appeal. Uh, 20 OR 3rd 405 for whoever might know what that means. Well, they can research it. That's true. That's because true. people ask for the cases. Okay. So this interdiction, again, I haven't heard that word for a while. Interdiction. Yeah, you know, interdiction. This interdiction applies with particular force to Crown Counsel engaged in the cross-examination of an accused. Statement, statements of a counsel's personal opinion have no place in cross-examination. Crown counsel also repeatedly called upon the accused, here we go again, to comment on the veracity of Crown witnesses, placing him in the position of calling Crown witnesses liars. Again, court says these questions were improper. By means of them, Crown counsel was able to paint the accused as a callous accuser ready to change, charge virtually everyone with deliberately fabricating evidence against him. Can you imagine that? You think everyone's guilty except yourself, sir. That's bad. Moreover, 
there were numerous instances in the cross-examination where Crown Counsel conducted an improper and potentially prejudicial attack on the accused character and lifestyle. Okay, get ready with the finger. Finally, she asked him on more than one occasion about conversations he had had with his lawyer, thus inviting him to disclose privileged communications or God. risk appearing non-responsive to the questions which were totally irrelevant, as we know. We need to break this down. So we see this less and less now in right. our practice, but it still exists. It still exists. You know what was troubling, though? And no, no name. We never do names. No. While defense counsel did not object to much of the cross-examination, just shoot me, I don't know why, the failure of counsel to object does not give Crown Counsel carte blanche at a trial to immunize the cross-examination from appellate scrutiny. The cross-examination prejudiced the accused in his defense and significantly undermined the appearance of fairness of the trial, resulting in a miscarriage of justice. Ayah. So, we talk about what's admissible and not. Right. That's bad. That's bad. We can use kindergarten words at this point. No, but it's That's, really it's, bad. It's, it is really bad. And, and it's not, you know rare no to use that term that an accused when testifying in cross-examination will be asked questions similar to this even till this day that's scary yeah it is is this a dramatic pause or just a pause pause no it's a dramatic pause because it's to me a very inexplicable way of trying to marshal the crown's prosecution so why do they still do it I need to be careful here. Yes, you do. I have seen many good Crown attorneys sure. not embark on this process where they have listened carefully to the evidence of the accused and have had structured, relevant cross-examination. Others that have decided to go down the path mm -hmm. of ridicule. Today, still. And impermissible areas simply to endorse the unsupportable allegation of the complainant. And the reason I say this, and I'm happy to say that I find that more rare now, mm -hmm. but it occurs Wrongful convictions are still a live issue. Of course. In sexual assault cases in particular, they're rife for this. And we have people who want to prosecute regardless of the evidence. And, I, and that, I, that boggles my mind. Yeah, so like, I, I, I want to be very careful and measured about this. I mean, I, I, I've had in the last you know, five years, a lot of trials. And and I have to say, by the majority, the Crown Attorneys were outstanding. Mm -hmm. Same here. But there still is an element of some who think you have to go down the path of... Steve Allen, perhaps. Not that bad. Not that but, bad. But, you I know, know, down the path of I'm a true believer. Yeah. And it's really counterintuitive to the truth-seeking process. Totally. And I don't know if we're really making our point here, but 
there's a lot of impermissible evidence that creeps in. And you have to be astute to the issues, to the evidence, and object timely and cut it off and do it almost preemptively. Because sometimes prosecutors want to do that. Yeah, but what's troubling is we're not talking about subtle stuff here. What we've this talked is about. not subtle. This is not subtle stuff. This is not a little bit of sarcasm. Yeah, this yeah. is this is just outright. But I have to say, like, I have said this like a number of episodes before. I think we're hitting an equilibrium here, mm-hmm. where there is a general understanding, I think, amongst all of us, that there are very real cases and very unreal cases. Well, we've had a bit of both. Of sex assaults, you (laughs) know? And I think we're striking a balance, and I think everybody is coming to that balance, whether you have to do your job or not. But we need to caution ourselves about what's permissible evidence. And the other thing that concerns me is when I just finished an application today that I filed on character evidence and in a in a trial that went to the court of appeal was ordered back and i'm i'm doing the retrial where there was a ton of evidence called impermissibly of bad character evidence of the accused like he's just a dick he yelled at somebody he was an asshole he was controlling which had really no bearing or relevance on the sexual assault allegation but was allowed in and was impermissible so I'm going to do that trial coming up mm-hmm. next year. And I filed a number of applications, one of which is to exclude this evidence. But I think we have to be careful about ensuring fair trials. And if we don't allow to be creeping in this type of right. that is not advancing the truth-seeking process. Right. And and given all the legislative changes, given everything that's... Like, I just, I don't understand why they still try to... Sneak this stuff in. Because it doesn't apply to the Crown. Right? So all this new legislation applies to the defense. Primarily, yeah. Not to the Crown. So if you want to... Let's be fair. Okay, let's be fair. Okay. And, And again, I'm saying this with measure because a lot of the Crown attorneys we deal with are great. I Like, honestly... Oh, there. I like, I'll just share a little sto- little story, very brief. In the London trial I was doing recently, it's a domestic. It's the the trial sub- content doesn't matter. But very young crown came up to me afterwards. We're sitting there chatting away. He goes, you know, I, I like I like your style, you know, etc. And he goes, and I said, well, I like your style too because you're not you're not you're not you're a minister of justice. He goes, yeah. He goes, I'm not here to win this case. He said. It's not for me to win this case. I'm here to marshal my evidence within the rules of right. evidence. And that's it. That's where my job ends. I, I don't take a position whether he's guilty or not guilty in terms of a personal opinion. I'm very neutral. And it was funny because the trial judge came out to us in the hallway and he just, <laughs> he, he did a double take and he looked, came up to us and said, gentlemen, it's rare that I see this. It's like old school. I appreciate that. Right, you see you guys talking. Yeah, see us talking, not arguing, not fighting, not throwing. I, I think, you know. Which is refreshing. There's a lot of that a, going There on is still. a lot of that, which is not, it's refreshing. It especially there was a young crown. It was refreshing to see that versus RoboCop, RoboCrown, you know, just the blinders are on. This was just a person doing his job, which was nice. Right, so 
you know, the uptake of this is, and I think we need to explore more in, in future episodes because many of you, our viewers want to know more about the law. So we'll do it. And I think we'll bring out some more case law and do it in a very comprehensive manner. But the uptake of this is, you know, it's important to ensure from the Crown perspective that the evidence is laid out in a fair fashion. Mm -hmm. And cross-examination is allowed at large. Define that. That's a legal term. Leaving aside these issues we've talked about in previous episodes about prior or other sexual activity, credibility is always a central issue in a sexual assault trial mm -hmm. or a domestic assault trial or a homicide. Mm -hmm. Credibility is at large the main issue. Is somebody telling the truth? Are they reliable? Is their evidence acceptable based on a number of factors? We need to be able to cross-examine on that. For sure. And I think this is a good example of how you can't skew an accused evidence, right. put the burden on them, and have to focus on the Crown's evidence and allow us to do our job exactly. and not have it hamstrung by popular opinion. If I can say that. We've meshed a number of issues here. But I think there's, we remain concerned about opinions about these cases. And it's important to remember what the goal is at the end of the day. The justice system needs to try and be fair. Like Chris Downer said in our last episode. What? That That's the objective. We need to ensure that we don't have wrongful convictions mm -hmm. or wrongful charges. And we need to step back and have an objective view of what we're doing. Both sides. Yeah. I mean, you and I are just hard guns, right? But what we're trying to do here is make a larger dialogue about the system in general. Because, mm -hmm. like... We're at the tail end of our careers, right? Speak for yourself. All right. Well, you got full head of hair. So far. But, you know, like, we need to be more thoughtful about this process. I just think we need to. Be. I agree. I agree. And what is permissible evidence is a very, you know, it's a very dogmatic, categorized process. But I think also we have to have a view to fairness. And, you know, examples of cross-examinations, which are totally off-board, submissions in front of jury, juries, which are totally off-board. We need to just have this better view. Mm -hmm. I agree. Parting comments. Oh, no. I'm going to do the Steve Jobs thing. And there's one more case. Ready? Okay. So the next case. You're okay, right? You're not getting tired of all these. I've killed a lot of trees for this, right? You'll replant So has the I fires know. north of... Uh, yeah, don't remind me. Sudbury. Fires everywhere across Very this planet. Sad. So the last case is from our Court of Appeal. More recent, 2023. Citation is R versus TKN, 2023, Ontario Court of Appeal, 488. So this is where you, yeah, you might have to put the finger. Yeah, Sorry, go ahead. Okay, so in this case, the Crown was questioning the accused, cross-examining the accused. This is a sex assault case. 
about whether they considered the complainant attractive or whether they were attracted to the complainant at the time of the events. Take this slow. Yeah. I thought it was kind of slow, but I'll slow it down more. No, it's, it's important. It is important. Let me find the page, though. There's a few. Okay, so on appeal, counsel for the appellant argued that Crown Counsel at trial engaged in improper cross-examination of the appellant by making suggestions to him that he found the complainant attractive, was attracted her, attracted to her, lines of questioning that this court has found to be irrelevant or otherwise impermissible. Hmm. Yeah, I know. But and they, it happens all the time. And it happens all the time. Almost in every one of my cases. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, this is like, by and large, the questioning. Yeah, yeah. So, and to continue, the general prohibition against such questioning arises from the fact that such, such questions are often ambiguous and unfair. For example, it may be unclear whether the suggestion is that the complainant is pretty or that she is sexually attractive, leaving an accused person unsure how to answer and vulnerable to being described as evasive if clarification is requested. Further, and in any event, in many instances, there can be no right answer to such a question for an accused. Yes, yes, yes. What's the right? There's, there's no right there's answer. There's no right answer. There's no right answer. And more importantly, because these questions are often rooted in stereotypical assumptions, they often seek answers that are irrelevant right. or which may be rooted in impermissible, this is your favorite phrase, yes. propensity reasoning. Right. For, for example, such a stere such stereotypical... Now you're making me. I'm sorry. I, I just. I know. I'm, I don't mean day. to be critical, but this you're is so critical. important for our viewers. I can say it twice. Okay, do it because it's good. For example, such stereotypical assumptions may include, and this I, could, I have, do have to slow down here, only attractive females are sexually assaulted, or finding another person sexually attractive makes sexual assault more likely. It also has a tendency to confuse the fact that sexual assault is a crime of violence, not a crime of passion. Go, Joe. I have nothing to say. Oh, yeah, you've got stuff to say. No, I don't. That's right. Yeah, I know. I know. But again, like seriously, why, why are these questions being asked? Let, let me, They're let, asked until today. Let me read the actual cross-examination so the people... Oh, go ahead. Okay, ready? No, we don't have to play this one out. Okay. Unless you really want to. No, no, But I only have one copy, so... This is your show, my I'll friend. be both. So this is the crown. I'm going to suggest to you that you became very close to the complainant and you knew she had a crush on you. I'm going to suggest to you that you were attracted to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sir. No? Did you find her physically attractive? Yep. No, sir. You did not? No. So I'm going to suggest to you that the reason you were, as you presented yourself that night, as you've described yourself, is because you were jealous that the complainant was out with the older guys. No. Because you were attracted to the complainant. Agree or disagree? I disagree. And because And you can't do that. I know. I know. And because you had been having sex with her. No. And you'd agree with me that you're a guy who sometimes lets your emotions get the better of you, correct? He's like, okay, 100%. I'm going to suggest to you, you know, you developed an attraction to the complainant. No, sir. And I'm going to suggest to you, you pursued a sexual relationship. No, sir. Right. 
Right. What's wrong with that premise? Which one? There's several. But just the main premise here is that... Well, there's a lot. There's stereotypes. There are myths. Yes. 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 Right. So there's male stereotypes. Right. Right. Being put male to the accused. Male sexual stereotypes. Right. Right. That's the issue. Exactly. This goes on. This goes on till f***ing tomorrow or next week. Or right? your next trial. When I my yeah. trial yeah. in October. Yeah. That's what goes on. They don't stop with this. No, they don't. There's stereotypes we're not allowed to go down right. with respect to female complainants. Right. But with accused males, right. you can do this still. Right. Even though the Court of Appeal and other Courts of Appeal says, no, right. you can't. Right. It still happens. Right. Okay. I, I can't. Yeah, I know you can't. I need anymore. a f- walk. I can't. Do you want to? So, just one sec. Yes. Which camera do I look at, Max? The middle one, I think. So we're going to come back to this. So we're going to try for other episodes to distill the law. And send us emails or comments what you want to know about, what you want to learn about. Or Amazon gift cards. <laughs> okay. Sorry. But, like, I want to make sure this is user-friendly. But this is a perfect example of questioning that still exists till today. Which is based upon stereotypes about male sexual aggression. Right. And we fight against this all the time. Again. I'm not saying that there are not a host of sexual assault allegations that aren't true, but there's so much premised on false myths about men. Mm -hmm. And that's something we have to root out. So send us your questions, Mm -hmm. what you want us to address, because it's great when we get these. And please, if you like this episode, wait, wait, wait. Can you pillow, 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 don't forget to. Like, comment, subscribe, subscribe, and share. Most importantly, share. And I gotta thank Michael Burry for getting these pillows from some obscure, obscure internet, internet online store. Online yeah. store. But thank you so much for following us. Thank you for your support. Mm-hmm. Thank you for following me on Twitter. I am on Twitter, or X, whatever it's called. And I'd like you to just go on Twitter and just look at what we're posting, and follow, and follow there, and on Telegram. That's way too many pillows to order. Let's All right. Good night. Good night. Thank you.